Hi, my name is Hermine Hartman, and this is Indigo Studio. Today, we've got some champions we're going to talk to, Craig Hodges and Dr. Lloyd Walton. Craig Hodges is a basketball champion. He was born in Park Forest and grew up in Chicago Heights. He played in the league for 10 seasons, and when he left the court, he began to coach. He's the former head coach of the Westchester Knicks, and he played with the Bulls and is the best three-point shooter the game has ever seen. He was the head coach basketball at Chicago State University. When he was playing ball, black man in Los Angeles, Rodney King, was beaten by policemen. The beating left King brain damage. Hodges wanted to boycott the game in 1991. It was the championship game between the Bulls and the L.A. Lakers. He has had a historical and legendary career as one of the best to ever play the game. He has firm opinions on what the NBA players are doing today as they stop the game. Dr. Lloyd Walton, well, he grew up in Chicago Heights and they have history. He's had a basketball career starting at Mount Carmel High School and was an All-American great. He played at Marquette University and went on to be drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks in 76. After that, he went to play for the Kansas City Kings. He's been a coach, Marquette University, and is the third to ever earn a PhD, a doctorate degree from the game. Today, he enjoys being a senior career counselor for the NBA players. So today we want to talk about champions, about the game, and about stopping the games as the players have done today. Let's talk about it. It's going to be real. It's going to be conversational. But it's about the game, starting it, stopping it. about to have a real conversation with basketball greats, with some real champions, with some sportsmen, Craig Hodges and Dr. Lloyd Walton. Now, uh, Craig was telling me before you got here, there is a relationship way before basketball. Absolutely. Talk about that, Craig. You know, first of all, I just thank you for the opportunity to come on. But Lloyd was one of my heroes growing up in as far as, you know, he was in the community and he was one of the young brothers who was, went off to school and he was, in my family, it was always, point, they always pointed me in the direction of people who were successful, who came from the community, and to show you that you had the opportunity to do the same. And, you know, go, went on and, and watched Lloyd when he was at Marquette, and come to find out through family conversations the impact that my family had on him. And then when we got a chance to speak, he spoke highly of my family, and it's always cool to see the brother. See, his... Um being introduced to sports, right? You go to the park, and the first introduction to sports for me was baseball. And uh, I remember, and I told him this story. It's in my book, actually. So I walk into the park, and I hear this voice around the corner from the field house, this growling voice. Hey, pick it up. You can do it. Like, so I walk around the corner. I see this guy with a baseball cap, hair pulled to the back, and a cigarette dangling out of his mouth, giving out orders, and everybody is on the edge of their seat, listening so attentively. That was his grandfather. Oh, boy. And so... Uh, Boy, 10 years after that. that, his uncle taught me how to shoot a jump shot. And me too. Basketball. <laughs> and then here he comes along and perfects it. And perfects it, right. And perfects it. Right, exactly. All right. So like, it's me in the blood, oh, right? Hey, it's, in the, it's in the DNA right, of the now, heights. I, you got to tell me about this three-point. Now, you know, I'm not a great basketball or team guy, so show me, do me, tell me the three-point. Well, when I grew up, when we grew up earlier, it wasn't a three-point line. It was just basically everything was two-point shots. 
But growing up for me, it was always intriguing to see how far away I could get from, from the basket to shoot it. And growing up in high school, I never had a three-point line, never had it in college, but I still can sh- I could shoot at distances. And then when I got into the league, it was one of those things that the game naturally in spacing and all, that you get a chance to knock down three points instead of two. So for me, it was, it was a blessing, but at the same time, it was one of those things where a lawyer tell you, sometimes it can pigeonhole you. To me, I felt like it took away from me doing other things and, and possibly gotten more money, but at the same time, to be able to be the best shooter or be the best of anything on the planet is something great. So at one point in time, I could say I was the best shooter on the planet Earth. That. Wow. And that I was going to say, now I read up on you and that's what they say. In 1991, you're playing with the Bulls. Yes. Championship game. Yes. Rodney King was beaten by policemen in California. Bad brain damage. You wanted to stop the game. Tell me about that. Well, at that time, Lord, to tell you, we were coming out of and some historical content, you know, in nine, during the 70s, the league was struggling in as far as attendance and the like. And then Magic and Bird came in in 79 and started somewhat of a, a resurgence of the league from um, marketing in. And then during that period of time, there was really little spoken from an apolitical end. Players took the position that I wasn't going to speak too much to what was going on socially. But when I, w- I was taught, you know, coming from the Heights as part of the civil rights movement and having a chance to go to Long Beach State and study black studies, and as well as have Tex Winter as my coach, I was blessed to be able to look into issues and, and not be afraid to, you know, speak to them. And so for me, it was it was a natural that when I saw that, and we were on the bus talking about it, that's why so many things that myself and Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf is another brother that speaks his mind, is that, you know, we would talk about these things in private, on bus, on plane, in team meetings or whatever, because it was apparent what happened, you know. But when it became a public event, it would be they'll put a mic in front of MJ's face or Scotty's face, and they wouldn't have anything to say because they would say, I don't know enough about it. <laughs> but I'm saying when you see somebody beat down like that, what, what facts do you need to you know? You know about it. You can see it. So today, you were way ahead of your time. I, you know, and I, for me, you, but you, for, but you say you, you know, wouldn't, you wouldn't stop the game now. Oh, me? Oh, I wouldn't have played. See, if, I'm, I'm a different. I'm from a different um, mindset. I feel like boycotts work. We we have history to know that they work, but they have to be strategic and mm-hmm. it has to be timed. It's got to be planned, and it couldn't be a better time than now. Uh, and to me, uh, you were given two outs. You were given the out of the COVID and you were given out of the murder. Mm-hmm. So you had an easy out. And to me, it's just um, uh, like we were talking about, a recalibration of what we're going to do with our life energy right now. And it's, it's on us to define what that will be. And I feel like our athletes have that bully pulpit at this time in their life and the resources that we can really see a difference in how we go about and be more mature about how we use our talent and our life's energy. So, Lloyd, you and I talked about off, offline, off camera, we talked about the difference between now and, say, Ali's mm-hmm. protests not going to Vietnam. People don't know, but as you read now, if you read up on Jackie Robinson, never again did he pledge allegiance to the flag, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Brown. What's the difference between the individual protests of yesterday and the yes. group protests 
of today? How's it different? It's very, very simple in my opinion that, you know, we're always stronger when we're united. Absolutely. Uh, on an individual basis, we can only reach so many people. Our voice is only so loud, right? And it only cares to so many people. So today when you see athletes, particularly basketball, I'll talk about that. When you see, well, not just basketball, when you see these young people mm -hmm. coming together from all walks of life, a very diverse mm -hmm. group and movement, if you will, saying we've had enough, right? We're going to stand for something. We're not going to allow you to kill these black and brown people without us saying something. This is a human rights thing, in my opinion, right? That they're taking a stance for. The thing about in the past, we had some individuals that were vocal, but we had some who were silent. Silence gets you nothing, right? You have to be able to speak up. The problem with it was that they were about to lose everything. They, the same thing that happened to Craig 30 years later was going to happen to them mm -hmm. right then. And there was really no recourse, right? I remember in the 64 NBA All-Star game with the owners, the players were being treated so badly that the players, and this was white and black players, were in the locker room and said, you know what, the owners have not negotiated with us fairly. So we're not going, and this was the first televised All-Star game. We're not coming back out to play, okay, unless the owners come down here and begin to have an honest, sincere, and genuine negotiation with us about our pay, about health care, and things of that nature. Wow. And those owners came downstairs. They and that. before they agreed to do it, they threatened every player that was there. The logo that you see of Jerry West was threatened by his owner, who said, you will never play another game of basketball in the NBA if you don't get out here and play. Together, they stood firm yes. and they did not move until the owners decided, well, we're going to be honest and sincere and genuine about our negotiation. That was black and brown. They stood together to unite. The unification of all of them made a difference to the owners, right? It's basic, them. the power of unity. The power and the cool part about it is that that's the foundation of when I was asking them to boycott during the 91 finals was that example that he just gave because that was the foundation of our union. So what, what we're rolling on now is what they did back then. And I think oftentimes, based on, you know, the kudos of social media, mm -hmm. uh, that we, we don't look back on how we got to the point where we are. And that I think that's one of the cool things also with, with the social media and the like. And the opposite of that is that young people do have instantaneous ability to support. Hey, we're going to be right back with some champions, with some great discussion on what's happening today in the world of sports, particularly basketball. Got champs with us, don't go away. We're guests here. Close the door. It's probably why our energy bill is so much higher than yours. You know, ComEd makes it easy to save money and energy. Hey, look, we even got an instant rebate on the smart thermostat. And rebates on Energy Star appliances, like this refrigerator. And this washer-dryer combo. Close the door! Find even more rebates from the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program at comed.com slash rebates.
People will always come and go in our lives, but we all know those few who never left. The partners who've always had you covered. That friend you consider the best, because that's how they make you feel. At Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, we know what it means to be there, guiding you toward a healthier state of mind. Because the more we know as individuals, the healthier we all feel as a community. Through it all. The Illinois State Black Chamber of Commerce urges you to vote no on the politician's tax hike amendment. Why? Because it would especially hurt women and minorities. The politician's tax hike amendment would immediately authorize an initial $3.4 billion tax hike, hurting thousands of small businesses at the worst possible time. Tens of thousands of jobs would be lost, jobs at hospitals, restaurants, and services that employ more women and minorities. And it wouldn't stop there. The day after the election, the politicians would have new power to hike taxes on anyone, including lower and middle income families. For our families and our communities, the politician's tax hike amendment is a bad idea at the worst possible time. Please join the Illinois State Black Chamber of Commerce and thousands of small businesses and vote no on the politician's tax hike amendment. Paid for by the Coalition to Stop the Proposed Tax Hike Amendment. Closed captioning is sponsored by the Illinois State Lottery. Lloyd, I want to I want to ask you something. We wanna, I want to get back to sports, but I want to talk about lifestyle. You played ball. You went back to school. You've done something that most don't do, and only three have done. You are the third to have done, and you went and got your doctorate. Talk about life after the game. Wow. A little bit. Well, look, um, first thing I'll say is I'll use a phrase that my college coach you, uh, always told us. Use basketball. Don't let it use you. Mm. This is the first thing. Then I have to just think about my family inside my house with my grandmother and her sister, who were twins, who grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And my grandmother loved school, but she had to drop out in the third grade because she had to go work in the cotton fields and help support the family. I heard it every single day how important your education is, and it's going to be the opportunity and the foundation for your future. So now, to be honest with you, I heard it, but I didn't listen to it, right? <laughs> so as I'm going through uh, school, I'm, I'm an average student at best. And then I found out, once I got to high school, I was at Mount Carmel, I found out, well, if you don't get good grades, then you're not going to be able to play, which was a little bit of a fallacy, okay? So uh, I, become to, I began to play really good basketball, um, and I started getting all these accolades, right? And I'm being driven in from Chicago Heights to Chicago to go to school. And that coach would also wait and take me home at night. And when I got home at night, I would go straight to the park, uh, uh, to the field house, and play some more. Play some more. <laughs> right. So what was missing was the academic part, you said, right? the book, right? Right. So, and, and, I, and I shared this, and a young lady interviewed me the other day, and she, she reminded me of it because it's in the book, and some excerpts have been out. I got five Fs one year. Five. Five Fs. Five Fs. And uh, I played every game, right? And I began to think about this because I didn't qualify to go to college for a Division I scholarship. I would have to go to junior college. And I began to think about, like, well, what, what are you going to do with your life? Because I wasn't necessarily thinking about the NBA. What are you going to do with your life? What kind of job are you going to get? That's what I was kind of thinking about. And then all of a sudden, I go to junior college, but then I get a chance to go to a Division I school, and the one I wanted to go to. And this coach was on us every single day about the importance of your education. 
And in my sophomore year, it hit me. And I said, you know what? Um, I can't predict what's going to happen unless I get my education. So now I began to take my classes seriously. I'm going to go to school, I'm going to study, I'm gonna do my homework, and I'm gonna think about what's the next opportunity for me. I wanted to become a sportscaster. You got serious. Yeah, I got serious. I, and I, I'm so happy that I did because still in all, the NBA wasn't guaranteed. Well, sometimes it takes us a long time to understand what grandmothers are saying. Oh, that's about a 20 years, sometimes that's a 20 <laughs> year, a 20 time. years right, to, right. to understand. <laughs> Tell me about the bubble. Tell me about the game today and living in the bubble. The guys are now living in the bubble in Disney. What's that like? Well, let me, from all my conversations with them, and I talk to them probably three times a week, um, obviously a bubble, you're you're enclosed. You're you're isolated, right, from everybody, from the real world. All your normal things that you do, your routine. The family's just started coming down with the teams that are in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals last Tuesday. And then they had to be quarantined for seven days before they actually could mix with their, their husbands and boyfriends oh, and things of that nature. Wow. But now here's the, the best thing about it is that, uh, again, they were able to continue to use the platform uh, to support and talk about these social issues. And they were also able to continue to make money. Now, when we look at the NBA, it has the biggest platform, global platform you could have in the world. Right. And to be able to stand before people and talk about the reasons why. You don't feel like you want to play like the Milwaukee Bucks did was critical. There's not a country that it did not touch. That's right. You couldn't do that on your own if you went back home. Right. Two players, one from Chicago, Sterling Brown and George Hill. George Hill and I had a conversation, several conversations before they got to the bubble. I'm not saying anything that he has not said publicly. He said, Lord, I don't really want to go in the bubble. I want to stay home in my community and deal with these social issues. I shared with how I felt and how I thought, but I supported him. Right. And he saw it. It touched him so deeply. Sterling Brown and George Hill. We're talking about in Kenosha. You couldn't do that on your own if you went back home. Okay, now remind you, Kenosha is only 30 minutes from from Milwaukee, right? This is this is the community. Yeah. It touched him so deeply that he went to the coaches. Nobody else was with him and said, I'm not playing. And they asked, well, why? He said, because I cannot allow black man to be killed like this and not take a stand. That's right. So the coaches went into their huddle. He went back to, to his teammates. They had a conversation. They all agreed to support him 100%. And so they walked. And they said, we're not doing it. Why didn't they do it with Colin? With who? Colin. Colin Kaepernick? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me say this. Football is very different Ooh, than basketball. Big time. Okay? Big time. When you think about the NBA and what the players do and say, they are allowed and they take the risk and the chance to voice their opinion. Wow. Hey, we'll be right back. Don't go away. This is a fabulous conversation. We're talking to champions about the game. And I don't care what game you're playing. They can help you. Hey, 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 we're guests here. Close the door. It's probably why our energy bill is so much higher than yours. You know, ComEd makes it easy to save money and energy. Yeah, look, we even got an instant rebate on the smart thermostat. And rebates on Energy Star appliances, like this refrigerator. And this washer-dryer combo. Close the door! Find even more rebates from the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program at comed.com slash rebates.
this good work. We're taking you home now, sir. Are you with search and rescue? No, I'm with the resort. What? People will always come and go in our lives, but we all know those few who never left. The partners who've always had you covered. That friend you consider the best, because that's how they make you feel. At Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, we know what it means to be there, guiding you toward a healthier state of mind. Because the more we know as individuals, the healthier we all feel as a community. Through it all. The Illinois State Black Chamber of Commerce urges you to vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Why? because it would especially hurt women and minorities. The politician's tax hike amendment would immediately authorize an initial $3.4 billion tax hike, hurting thousands of small businesses at the worst possible time. Tens of thousands of jobs would be lost, jobs at hospitals, restaurants, and services that employ more women and minorities. And it wouldn't stop there. The day after the election, the politicians would have new power to hike taxes on anyone, including lower and middle income families. For our families and our communities, the politicians' tax hike amendment is a bad idea at the worst possible time. Please join the Illinois State Black Chamber of Commerce and thousands of small businesses and vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Paid for by the Coalition to Stop the Proposed Tax Hike Amendment. So we're back. We're back with Dr. Lloyd Walton and Craig Hodges, both former basketball players. Here's a question for you, for, for you both, actually. What do you tell young kids who want to play the game? What advice do you give them about school, about the game, about money, about life? What do you tell them? Wow, this is what I do on a regular basis uh, with our players that made it to the league. But first and foremost, I share what my experience has been. And my experience has been that your education should come first, first and foremost. They have to understand one thing that if they have an opportunity that Craig and I had going to play professional basketball in the NBA, number one thing that they have to know and remember, it is a business. Teach. Okay? This is not recreational stuff. This is not at the park. This is not at the Y. This is a business. People make investments. We've all made investments. And the thing that we ask and we want to know, what is the ROI? Mm. What is my return on my investment? Mm. Are you going to be somebody who's going to come to work every day and work your butt off? Are you going to improve, right, so you can improve how much my team is worth? Are you going to be that kind of guy? Are you going to be somebody who gets in trouble, who's going to damage my brand, our brand, right? Another part of it is that your preparation, because at some point in time, that ball is not going to have, have any air in it. That basketball career is going to be go over. The average basketball career today is 4.7 years. Our kids come in at 19 years of age, 18 years of age. The thing that you've worked the hardest and thought about the most is now over. What are you going to do with your life? Right? Are you prepared to take that rugged road, which is going to be now to try to go get your education that you didn't get because you don't have any skills? So that's what you're saying. You got to tell you got about a, a good at best five years. We want to give you, yeah, 4.7 years is the average. And then real life begins. Real life begins. For me, it's, it's your passion that. We found our passions early. We had great mentors and a great support base. Nobody can ever say they're successful in a vacuum. It was somebody there to support you. How can we create that support base for 
young folks to experience positive things to give them exposure. Because so many of them have no exposure only in their blocks, in their social media, and so much of it is distractions from what's real when you talk about education. So it's being able to get them to see not only through what we've been through, but the value of you pursuing this on your own, because we ain't going to be able to be your mentor and hold you by the hand. You got you to gotta have this focus, and this focus has to be something that comes out of you. I think that's all part of it is, is being able to be there and give them some opportunities and utilize our us, utilize us as resources. Leadership, right? right. Commitment, discipline, yeah. all those kind of things. Being motivated, being accountable and responsible. Right. All those are transferable from the playing field to corporate America even. For sure. Right? If you do those Definitely things, those corporate. are the kind of things that they're looking for. It's, it's just the same and like, like I was talking to Pax about this, and he was saying that what America needs is a great team concept that doesn't matter who gets the credit. Okay. As long as we get the W. Right. So I tell people, you know, we, Phil Jackson won 11, 12 rings, and every one of them began with one word. We get together every session, one, two, three, ring. Okay. Nothing else matters. So it wasn't about one, two, three, ring. ring. Ring being NBA championship, championship ring. ring. <laughs> Let's else. win this. One word, one word. And that, and that's, you know, I was shooting coach with the Lakers and Kobe, the best player on the planet at that time. And my thing with him was he shot so many balls that he had a, he had a tendency to recoil because he know he's getting ready to get the next one. Mm, <laughs> you okay. know what I'm saying? So I would have to tell him on free throws, extension. Mm-hmm. And extension meant, Yep, go ahead and finish, yep, finish, finish it. and yep, see okay. it go through. So it's one of those things where one word clues mm-hmm. are so critical. So I'm working on not saying struggle, not saying That's right. we're in a fight. That's right. I'm talking about we're victorious now. Yeah, I mean, the no positive ma- words, the no positive question. thinking. No question about it. Great. Name me the top three greatest basketball players. Of all time? Of all time. Oh, my God. Ooh, present are, present that's company a, that's excluded. A straight, that's straight. That was straight. That was three points. <laughs> okay, so, so, you know, uh, I'm old school, and uh, I look at rings that Craig was talking about, teach, teach. right? Yep, so the first here. thing I think about is Bill Russell, Russell. okay, <laughs> who won 11. You know, we won a couple as a dog. 11 rings. 11 rings. We won a couple as a coach yeah. of the team and More the players. and fingers. Yeah. So I look at Bill Russell as number one. And uh, this is tough. Um, I look at MJ. And that would be Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. And um, my favorite player, because I have worked with him. I, this is my 21st year as a counselor for the players. And I've worked with him from day one since he's come into the league. And so I would have to throw um, LeBron in there. Okay. That's my top three. Craig, give me your top three. Bill Russell. Kareem. Real Russell Woo! for the same, for the same reason. Yeah, no question. Seeing that's what's so wild, people always ask us, who's the greatest? Right. And I'm saying when we come into games, you don't want to you don't want to play Monopoly and lose. You don't want to <laughs> lose at Scrabble. You don't want to lose win. at Bill West. You want to win. So when we're talking about winning, Bill Russell's the greatest. And then you think about all the people on this team who won six and seven and all of that kind of stuff, right. you know, the Jerry, uh, the Havlicek's and all them kind of guys. But I say, you know, Bill Russell, Kareem, and and that third one is is kind of tough because I feel like oftentimes we we look at MJ and Kobe and LeBron, but I have to put Doc in there. 
I have to put Dr. J in there. And I have to put Dr. J in there because to me, he was almost that, that, that turning of from the old to the new, that from Doc's image came MJ. And MJ took it to the long shorts, took it to a whole new fabric of what the NBA was going to be like. And I think Doc was that, that bridge to that. And I, I feel blessed to have watched Lloyd. You know, I, went, I was in college, went up to Milwaukee. We're playing Marquette, and I'm in college, and Lloyd's on the buck. So it was one of the things I could brag and say, man, my homeboy is with the crew. You know? Say, so I know it, him. Exactly, you know, he's from the hood. So it was one of those, it's a great it's been a great thing. We've been blessed by the game, and we're doing our best yeah. to make sure we can do whatever and to we can. And to continue it and to yes. mentor and to give it to that, to give your, your success skills to that next generation. Thank you all so oh, thank very you for the much for being Appreciate with us. Bringing us together. Thank yeah. you for coming no, together no and talking about winning. And it is just a delight for me to talk to champions. And it is just a miracle that I've talked about basketball. <laughs> You made it through it. I made it. Made it I got it. it. Great. Thank you. For yeah, I read the book. Appreciate you. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Thank you so Peace, much. Everybody. Peace. The Illinois State Black Chamber of Commerce urges you to vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Why? Because it would especially hurt women and minorities. The politicians' tax hike amendment would immediately authorize an initial $3.4 billion tax hike, hurting thousands of small businesses at the worst possible time. Tens of thousands of jobs would be lost, jobs at hospitals, restaurants, and services that employ more women and minorities. And it wouldn't stop there. The day after the election, the politicians would have new power to hike taxes on anyone, including lower and middle income families. For our families and our communities, the politicians' tax hike amendment is a bad idea at the worst possible time. Please join the Illinois State Black Chamber of Commerce and thousands of small businesses and vote no on the politicians' tax hike amendment. Paid for by the Coalition to Stop the Proposed Tax Hike Amendment.